Welcome to Clarified Butter, the podcast about meals, memories, and milk fads. I'm your host, Amy Allen. Today, I'm speaking with Gary Crunkleton, the owner of The Crunkleton on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Welcome. Hey, Amy. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm doing well. Um, so you are a mixologist. Would you call yourself that? Do you not, not really, like that word? Not really. I think people, that mixology term... Um, I think mixology is a little too geeky for me, and it's only really, I'm a bartender, is what I am, and mixology, putting the things together, is really only part of what we do as bartenders. Right, what what else makes up a bartender? Um, Lots of listening, Uh lots of supportive um, mentoring Mm -hmm. to the staff, Uh, lots of, uh, lots of trying to understand the... uh, What's going on with the guests, and maybe why they're drinking, and why they're at a bar? Mm-hmm. Um, not to get too psychological about it, but just try to try to I try to create some connectivity between myself, the guest, and the drink. And then if there are other people sitting at the bar with drinks and stuff too, then mm-hmm. I even try to con- do create connectivity between those guys. So uh, that's I guess that's what a bartender does. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, just right. make connections between Yeah, try people to make connections between the people. And make drinks. And then make the drinks. The mixology, mm-hmm. again, is only part of it. Right. But there's, um, I see a lot, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm 50 mm-hmm. years old, and I've been doing this uh, since 1992. So you're probably better at math than me, but, but I've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and um, really the hard, it's only, it's probably 20% making drinks mm-hmm. and 70% dealing with guests mm-hmm. and then maybe 10% um, physical exhaustion or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, I'm giving a speech. I'm doing, I'm, I go to different, this might be too early to talk about it because mm-hmm. we just jumped into this conversation, but, <laughs> but I go to a lot of cocktail events throughout the country and I'm doing this presentation or seminar at BevCon in Charleston on uh, September, no, <laughs> <laughs> In uh, in August on August twentieth, and uh, and um, I'm talking about my title is uh, the vulnerable bartender, yeah. authenticity behind the bar, uh-huh. and I pitched it to Portland Cocktail Week and they liked it, but I couldn't go because I was doing some consulting in Chattanooga and I couldn't go to Portland in October, so I pitched it again to uh, to Charleston and they liked it a lot and it's getting a lot of good feedback or people are, are being pretty receptive to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about there. I'm going to talk about how I open myself up and become vulnerable. Kind of Renee Brownish. I love her. Yeah. 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 I yeah. Love yeah. Her. yeah. Everybody loves her. Yeah. I think my wife and I were up in, uh, we were up in, in, in blowing rock at this spa. Uh-huh. And after you do all this different stuff, like a facial and massage, there's just one room where you just sort of sit and relax. Mm-hmm. And Oprah Winfrey O magazine was sitting there and I was reading it. Sitting in this lounge chair with a with a ru- with a uh, with a uh, robe with a robe on, yeah. And y'all don't know what it looked like because we're on the radio. But <laughs> when I wear a robe, uh, it doesn't wear me; I wear it. It's it, <laughs> because of my size. And uh, so, anyway, I'm there listening, reading this magazine about about Renee Brown, and I thought, man, this is what this is the way I am. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I often show my vulnerabilities to create, create connectivity between my guests and me. And I remember when my, my dad passed two years ago, um, people say it's not professional to bring the sorrows and the grief of that into mm -hmm. the bar, into the workplace. Mm -hmm. But I completely disagree. I talked about what I was going through with my father and, and it opened up other guests to talk about where they were when their father died. And fortunately for me, I was able to be with my dad when he passed and it was a tremendous blessing, mm -hmm. um, tremendous gift that, that he gave me. And I talked to other people that wouldn't trade that, you know, that did the same thing. They wouldn't mm -hmm. trade that experience for the world. Um, so that vulnerability is what I'm going to talk about in August, uh, August 20th, mm -hmm. I think is when it is in Charleston. But um, yeah, so a bartender, it's not really mixology. Like yeah. I said, it's a small percentage. Um, yeah. But anybody can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Anybody <laughs> can do it. I know we're talking about food and mm -hmm. clarified when you when <laughs> clarified butter when you when uh, when I was approached to talk to you about all this stuff. I thought clarified butter. You know, I don't like that. We were on this diet. <laughs> you don't like the food. Well, it was this. Mm -hmm. We were on this diet. Mm -hmm. My wife bought a book, and we were on this diet for thirty days. Uh -huh. And then she sent me out to buy the the stuff we needed. And one of the things was G. Oh yeah, the it's clarified the butter. Clarified butter. It's clarified yeah. butter. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly butter. what it is. And yeah. I said, why don't you just call it clarified butter? Uh huh. Because I'm going to the store. So do you have G? Do you have G? No one knew what that G was. Uh huh. But it's clarified butter. Yeah. And it That's tastes all like it, is. it tastes like like grease. Yeah, it's it's. A <laughs> I don't know. It didn't taste healthy. I don't know why it was in the diet. But we still, and it's expensive. It's like seven dollars for a little uh, eight ounce container of it. Just a little jar. A little jar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So clarified butter, it's a clever name, Amy. It's a clever name. It's a clever it's name. A but you're not into the food. It's a lot better it's than G. It's a lot better than G. But I like what you're doing. I'm, I'm proud to be here. I hope oh, that you and I you. together can have a great conversation. Uh -huh. And everybody out there in, in uh, podcast world uh -huh. will embrace this program and heed what we say. <laughs> well, thank you All very right, let's much. Go. Let's go. Okay. Well, so you, you like to make drinks, but do you yeah. like to cook? I do like to cook. I think I think I'm a better cook than I am a drink maker. Mm -hmm. um, and when I do, I do, I do a lot of classes, a lot of spirits classes. And when I do my classes, I tell the people, I don't. It doesn't matter to me if you like something or don't like something. But it does matter to me if you could tell me why you don't like something or why you do like something. And mm -hmm. when I talk about balancing the cocktail, I often use the analogy of of when I make a lasagna. Um, I remember when I was single and I would try to impress the ladies and make dinner for them, <laughs> um, similar to what happened to you this morning with breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to make my lasagna. I'm going to make my lasagna. And, and I'll buy a red, red bell pepper and a green bell pepper and a yellow bell pepper. Uh -huh. And that'll make it look really good. You know, when you cut the lasagna, you'll see the layers of the pasta yeah. and the meat and all that. And they'll layer up <clears throat> like a cake. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm cutting these, these different peppers. And if I'm going through the effort of using the yellow which has a sweet peppery flavor, mm -hmm. and the green bell pepper, which has a spicy peppery flavor, mm -hmm. and the red, which has like a sweet, a sweeter than the yellow peppery flavor. Or I might have that mixed up between the yellow and the red. But, but uh, if I'm going through the, the effort of maybe risking cutting my fingers, you know, slicing these, these peppers up, then I want the guest, um, in that case, a, a 
pretty lady <laughs> to, uh, to appreciate the flavor that each one brings. If yeah. I cover it up with too much red sauce or too much cheese or too much meat, then there's really no reason to have those peppers in there mm -hmm. because you want it to flavor and want everything to be able to taste. You want to be able yeah. to taste all that. So I take that approach when I look at my, uh, when I make the drinks. If I put, if there's six things in a drink, I want the guests to be able to taste each, um, each ingredient or each element of that drink. Uh, even the ice. The ice mm -hmm. is part of the uh, part of the ingredients because the ice, when it's mm -hmm. in the drink, can create some kind of kinetic energy mm -hmm. that gives the drink more life or makes it more organic. Mm -hmm. But I know that sounds geeky, um, <laughs> but to me, it's pretty cool. It sounds delicious. So, so I think yeah, and, and, and here in this town, like I've created this bar eight years ago, and we were the first in the state to do anything like this to make these craft cocktail drinks for our guests, mm -hmm. and. What's enabled us to be so successful, um, I think, is that our guests really have a discerning palate. Like when mm -hmm. they come through the door, they want to have quality drinks. And I don't know that if we could we could have built this if it weren't for the local restaurants who were already doing it before us, like the Lantern and mm -hmm. Bill Smith at, at Crook's Corner and mm -hmm. and Brett over at Elaine's. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it all starts with with you know maybe an interest in food. For the guest perspective, maybe an interest in food, and then it, it swings over into the wine they're going to drink with the meal or the mm -hmm. cocktail they're going to have with the meal. Yeah, everything complements so. each other. Yeah, they all complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. We did this thing, Bill Smith and I did this thing at Atlanta Food and Wine back in June where we, it was called uh, a chef walks into a bar, or a chef stumbles <laughs> into a bar, uh -huh. and we incorporated spirits with food, and it wasn't a pairing where you would eat something and then, you know, have the food to, to enhance the flavors of the food or enhance the flavors of the, of the, uh, of the, um, the spirit separately. We kind of infused the two together. Uh, we did tamales that were, that were soaked in mezcal. Oh. And we did, uh, I did a delicious, delicious michelada, which is beer and tomato. Mm -hmm. But I added some chicken stock to give it some savory flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, uh, I didn't tell the guests there was chicken stock in there because I thought they might think, what in the hell are we drinking? <laughs> but uh, it's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. And I use a Cezanne uh, farmhouse ale versus like a normal uh, Mexican beer, like a Negro Bandela or Tecate or something. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the, the, yeah the, food in the, the food culture and the drink culture or the cocktail culture, they're very, very similar. The, the people that, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not connecting the dots very well. I think I'm jumping way ahead, but the people that are have discerning palates for food mm -hmm. are also interested in the drinks they put in their mouth too. So, yeah. which is good for us. Yeah, I think I re I read a description of what you do at the Chronicle Ten that's making cocktails from scratch, which is very much like cooking, like yeah, taking, um, like the best ingredients to yeah. make. Yeah, we try to do that. Mm -hmm. We you you can you can't make a good drink with bad ingredients. Mm -hmm. You you can't do it. And um, I tried. I have this. My mom. I'm, I'm half Armenian. My mom's Armenian, and we, I don't know if we were poor, <laughs> or if she was just ultra frugal. But it's we lived as if we were poor, except we lived on this lake, which was pretty swanky. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when I was a kid, we had powdered milk. You had to add water to this powdered milk. I don't even know if you kids even know. I've I am familiar with powdered, powdered milk. milk. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. Uh, I remember we would have. Uh, salmon patties like mm -hmm. on Tuesdays and fish sticks there's no way the fish sticks 
there's no way Gordon's is making fish ticks today <laughs> like the way they did in the uh, in the 80s and 70s. There's no way they they wouldn't be able to sell. But uh, yeah, everything was so. My mom was just so. I remember um, Marcy Ferris. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Marcy Cohen Ferris. Marcy Cohen Ferris. Yeah, we I did this talk. Uh, you may have been there. Is at UNC was along with with all these academics, mm-hmm. and I grew up in rural North Carolina, and um, they were talking about biscuits mm-hmm. and cornbread and gravy, mm-hmm. and I thought, what the hell? <laughs> so I came to Chapel Hill <laughs> to get my education and get away mm-hmm. from all that. I want to better myself. You know, I don't want to. I want to make money so I can go to Biscuitville and Bojangles. <laughs> I don't want to have all this. Red eye gravy and these biscuits <laughs> in a skillet. That's what like poor people eat. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I hope I'm not being offended, offensive to anybody. But uh, I didn't want that. I wanted something better. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted a futon, uh-huh. and <laughs> <laughs> I wanted all these, all these like new modern things. I didn't want antiques. I wanted mm-hmm. new modern things that mm-hmm. that you had to work and earn, and you know it, you had to go buy. Mm-hmm. And uh, now all that stuff is popular. The event I spoke about was, was specifically on moonshine. Mm-hmm. And in high school, you know, we would drink moonshine and then go fight. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I thought, why in the world would anybody want moonshine? It's uh, rough But now it's so popular. <laughs> yeah, it's so popular now. They all want it. Yeah. People come into the bar from California. Do you have any moonshine? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I go, well, no, the, the damn chickens ran off with it. <laughs> and uh, my wife, who also is my cousin... <laughs> She couldn't catch them, and so the moonshine's gone. But anyway, sorry. No, I had uh, I lived up in the mountains one summer uh, in college, and I had moonshine for the first time, and it hurt. It, it burns. hurt me. Yeah, it yeah. Burns. Did it have fruit in it? Uh, the first time I tried it, it didn't. But then I went to a brunch where they had peach moonshine. Yeah. Uh, with biscuits it's a and gravy, yeah. and yeah, the peach moonshine was pretty good, but yeah. just the plain no. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. Um, mm-hmm. It's just ethyl alcohol, mm-hmm. and it, it'll it'll burn. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness that you're here. <laughs> oh, thank you. After having that moonshine, yeah. Which I'm mountains surprised. were you in? I was in uh, far western North Carolina, down between Tennessee and Georgia, near Murphy. Oh, Murphy, yeah. Yeah, Murphy to in, Mania. Yeah, Murphy yeah. to Mania. I was. That's where what's his face was. The who? guy uh, Wendell Williams. No, no. Who was the guy that the bomber from Alabama? I don't know. The abortion clinic bomber. Oh. Eric Rudolph. That's where he, <laughs> he was. He was hiding where, in Murphy. Yeah, that's where yeah. they found him. That's where they found. <laughs> you didn't know that? I didn't. I was in a little town outside of Murphy called Brass Town, where there's a folk school to do crafts. So we weren't. It wasn't as a. It was kind of. Resorty. So you know nothing about Eric Rudolph. I know the name, uh, but I don't really suspicious. know. I'm getting suspicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm being silly. <laughs> yeah, moonshine's hot. Moonshine's mm-hmm. hot. People like mm-hmm. it. But, uh, yeah, I remember doing that, that talk going, mm-hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> and uh, the gravy, I mean, mom would throw in flour and mm-hmm. water. She'd make her uh, country ham. Mm-hmm. I guess is how you make it. And it would have, like, a grease. And then she'd throw in water. And get it to boil, and then mm-hmm. throw flour in, mm-hmm. and that would make gravy. And uh, sometimes you might throw butter in. Back then, they had a lot of lard. Mm-hmm. Butter was sort of a uh, like a rich thing. Mm-hmm. She used to buy lard, I think, or uh, 
it was just a big crowd of Crisco. I don't know if Crisco was shortening or if it was lard. I'm not sure. But then they said, this is about the same type or the time when they're realizing that lead in pipes can be bad mm-hmm. and lard can be bad for your health. <laughs> all, all around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so where in eastern North Carolina did you grow up? Well, not eastern North Carolina. I was, I was uh, in the Piedmont region. Um, okay. I grew up outside of Charlotte in a okay. small town called Denver on Lake Norman. Okay. And um, I lived. I grew up right there on the lake, mm-hmm. and we water skied and and all that, and and sailed and canoed and all that. My son, my seven year old, is at camp right now, mm-hmm. and it was important to me that we sent him to camp. I never got yeah. to go to camp like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, I tell my mom about it. She said, Well, we lived there right on the lake. You didn't have to go to camp. We had all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess she's right. I guess she's <laughs> right. But Monty's up in the mountains now for two weeks. He's written. Uh, He's written about eight letters. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah, Two yeah, weeks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's three in particular that are brutal. Oh. It's just three sentences. I'm homesick. Come get me. Oh, no. There's three like that. But then the other five are, uh-huh. are uh, yeah, we call, I called the camp uh, two days ago. Uh-huh. Because we didn't, Megan and I didn't, my wife, we didn't know what to do. Right. And uh, we didn't know if we were being bad parents or, or what. <laughs> and they didn't call, so we thought... Well, the fact that they didn't call, it's probably not as bad right. as, as we think it is. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I called, and he mm-hmm. said everything was fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I was a summer camp kid. I went to summer camp for seven years, and the first summer... Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. what we hope Monty does. It yeah. was great. I loved it. But the first summer, I only went for half a week because I didn't think I could, I could last. Did, uh, they, did your parents come get you early? It was just a half week oh, camp half for week the week. younger okay. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but... It was one of those things where I started every year when I got home from camp telling my mom that I was camp sick because I just loved it there so yeah, much and I wanted yeah. to be there with all my friends just running around like crazy, um, drenching everything in ranch and eating. Do you still talk to Lucky any of those charms. people? I do. I do. Well, I went with a good friend of mine uh, from home uh, who Where's I still home? keep up with, Greensboro. Yeah. And um, I, but I also, I met a few friends there that I still keep in touch with. There's one roommate I had one year that I still get coffee with at least once oh, a nice. month. nice. Yeah. Well, that's what we're great. hoping. We're hoping that, that Monty does what you did, you know, uh-huh. seven years. Did you think about being a counselor? I was at, well, the eighth summer, I was the craft girl. Oh, I ran good. The craft so you were tech. a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I taught everybody how to, uh, how to paper mache and... Tie-dye? Yeah. Tie-dye. Yeah. For sure. Um... <laughs> 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 Baby, God, now you get your own radio show. Yeah. What, what, what sparked that? Well, you have a face for TV. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very generous. Um, I, uh, I wanted to start this podcast because I like to talk about food and tell stories. Yeah. And I like to hear other people's stories. And I think everybody has food in common. Yeah. Everybody, if you yeah. start asking them about that, you can get to whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but it's a common ground for everyone to start uh, sharing their stories and getting yeah. to know one another. We, you know, remember the Sunday dinners? Sunday dinners just after church? After church, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't know if families do that anymore. We go yeah. out. You yeah? Where'd you go? Well, in my, my family now. Now uh-huh. we, get, we go to church oh, and then we, we go, go out, out to, yeah. to a local restaurant. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not like it used to be. 
We used to, or picnic, we would picnic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people still picnic. Well, when I was growing up after church on Sunday, sometimes my dad would roast a chicken. Yeah. That was sometimes a Sunday thing. Yeah. Or, um, and then uh, there would occasionally be church picnics, but I didn't go on a lot of family picnics. Was that a thing that was yeah. a part of your childhood? My mom had this thing. It was, a, it was, this, uh, it was like a food warmer. Uh-huh. But it was the it was like oversized pie pans, mm-hmm. and they would stack, and okay. then it had this big metal band that uh-huh. connected all of them together. Mm-hmm. So you could just carry it like a suitcase, and you would put the hottest thing in the bottom, mm-hmm. and that and then the next, and that would keep. So like fried chicken, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe rice, and then the top would be like a salad when it mm-hmm. was cold. I wish I still. I don't know where that thing is. I'd like to still have it, just because it's you know, yeah, something it I grew up neat. with. But we would. She would make fried chicken, and um, it wouldn't be hot. You know, it wouldn't be like heated hot. Mm-hmm. It would be room temp or 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 just normal, normal temperature. Yeah. And I can remember. Like I love cold chicken. Mm-hmm. I can remember. I think. I think like Bojangles was the first place to come out with like hot chicken, not spicy hot, but but just hot, heated. fresh out the yeah fryer. yeah out of the fryer, really mm-hmm. hot chicken. I think mm-hmm. um, you know for like fast food restaurants down here, mm-hmm. there was a place called Holly Farms. Kentucky Fried Chicken was going, mm-hmm. but we never went there. I don't know why. Maybe it was too far from my house. But there was a place called Holly Farms Chicken, and they used to uh, they were a big NASCAR. NASCAR is big where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, they're big NASCAR racing fans and. Uh, they used to sponsor Kale Yarborough, and their chicken was, you know, room temp. Mm-hmm. And then our picnic chicken was room temp. Mm-hmm. Bill Smith at Crook's Corner, he has a picnic platter during the summer. Oh, yeah? And their chicken's cold there. Yeah. And I like it like that. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about it. No, but <laughs> it's, it's cold chicken's good. I think uh, my dad's extended family is down in eastern North Carolina in uh, Mount Olive, yeah. where, the, where the pickles are from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my grandmother's maiden name was Hatch, and there's a Hatch Road out there that's just a dirt road where all my second cousins live. And I've been down there a couple times. One time for a pig picking where we roast a whole hog, but other times for like a a, a family potluck sort of eat on the screen porch. Yeah, it's not exactly a picnic, yeah. but it's like it. And I feel like I've had just yeah, kind of cold fried chicken and a lot of deviled eggs and green yeah, deviled beans. Eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to, mom used to get a watermelon and she'd grease it up and throw it in the lake. <laughs> uh-huh. And we would all, uh, we'd like play, I don't know what we'd do. Like, it was like who could hold the, it wasn't like football where you have a goal line, you know, you try yeah. to score. It was just, it was just <laughs> Can like, you hold on it was to like, the watermelon? Yeah, you just grab the watermelon and uh-huh. somebody grabs it from mm-hmm. you and then somebody, but I remember doing that and then we would open it, mm-hmm. you know, eat the watermelon. I love watermelon. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's my favorite, I think it's my favorite summertime fruit. I was mm-hmm. watching Vivian Howard the other day on TV and she was talking about peaches being her favorite mm-hmm. favorite summertime fruit. I think watermelon's mine. Do you yeah. have anything? I think I really love peaches a lot. I also at summer camp on the 4th of July we do a greased watermelon and the, we had a, a man-made pond that was the pool yeah. uh, and we'd play water polo and so they'd try to do a water polo game with a greased um, watermelon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was just So you gotta put it in a goal. You try to, but no one could. No, it was just a lot of like yeah. wrestling yeah. and splashing and yeah. watermelon flying everywhere. And there'd be a watermelon seed spitting contest. Yeah, which they don't have anymore. Really? The, the melons don't have seeds. Oh yeah, they they make There's some them kind seedless. of hybrid now. Yeah, 
It's hard. I think it is. It's hard to find a seeded watermelon. What the hell's going on with all that? The watermelons <laughs> don't have seeds, mm-hmm. and the green beans don't have uh, strings. Yeah, I just made it easy. They just but then the, you don't the strings have off the, the green beans. Yeah, but you don't have the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something. I was always pitiful at the watermelon seed spitting contest but it's important to have i think what what was your best shot you think six feet oh no you kidding me you couldn't do six feet no i am i (laughs) do not have that kind of control i start to giggle just dribble off your chin yes of course it would i i can't keep a straight face if there's lots of attention on me i would start to giggle the seeds just fall out i'd embarrass myself i was better at tug of war (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just get ferocious. <laughs> I think it's you know I don't I think the bartender in me mm-hmm. is 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 wanting to expound on your vulnerability <laughs> and why radio. <laughs> I would think that anybody could shoot a watermelon seed six feet, uh-huh. but you can't. Well, if I could, I shouldn't judge. I I'm haven't sorry. tried I since I was about twelve. So if I could, yeah, yeah. and when I was, and when I was twelve, I was very shy, yeah, and uh, sort of silly. Yeah. When your mom <laughs> hears this, she's going, "I don't know that dang Amy." <laughs> One day we had remember, what's your dad's name? <laughs> My dad's name is Lewis. Hey, Lou, you remember when it rained and we had to eat that watermelon inside? <laughs> I was finding watermelon seeds all over the house. <laughs> Amy was just shooting them out like a, like a, like a. Like a, uh, what's that thing called? It waters of grass. Oh, like a sprinkler. <laughs> like a sprinkler, yeah. <laughs> Just sprinkling watermelon yeah, seeds yeah. all over the house. Yeah. Now she's telling that guy on the radio that she can't spit him. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I don't know. But you have you have three sons. Yeah, I got three boys: mm-hmm. uh, Montgomery, Hudson, and Beaufort. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. There, seven, five, and three. My mm-hmm. wife is Megan. She's uh. She's just a tremendous mom. When I met her, mm-hmm. it was for me, it was love at first sight. It wasn't for her, but it was for me. <laughs> and I did this interview from this magazine in Texas, Dallas, Texas. And she was asking me about my, my wife, just like you were. Uh-huh. And I was just talking like I am. Uh-huh. And I said, and I said this, uh-huh. and this woman printed it. I didn't think she'd print it. But I said, yeah, I remember when I met Megan. Um, she's going to have good hips for uh Oh no! Yeah, for bearing children, <laughs> and I meant it in an endearing way. Uh, yeah, that must be horrible because you even knew what I was going to say before I even said it. <laughs> well, as as so that saying, woman I that saw where it was going. That interview woman wrote that, mm-hmm. and uh, Megan read it, and I didn't think she was going to print that, but she read it, and uh, yeah, Megan's like, "What are you talking about? Childbearing him?" <laughs> oh no! And I said, "Well, you, uh, you know, what are you going to say?" But she has given, Megan and the Lord have given us three beautiful, great, mm-hmm. great kids, Monty and Hudson. And mm-hmm. Hudson is the middle child, and um, I shouldn't refer to him as the middle child because I don't want him to have this middle child thing. <laughs> but he's five, and he's with Grandma now, mm-hmm. uh, and we have Bo at the house. Bo's three. He just turned three. Mm-hmm. Big Bo. Um, that's what he says. I'm Bo. Real dark, real deep voice. But uh, they're great kids. A lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't mind having another one. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't mind having another one. Does your wife know? Is she going to be here? Yeah. Well, we, first time what I'm we're here? thinking. This is this is private. I don't want to be like Howard Stern, but and talk about the private stuff. But 
Mm-hmm. But uh, if we have a kid, it's okay. Yeah. You have uh, three beautiful children. Three, oh, and we're very yeah. fortunate. We, we've mm-hmm. been, we've truly been blessed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, it'd be cool. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about food and community. It'd be cool if they could do the thing. I remember, you know, mom being Armenian, I remember going to the Armenian picnics, mm-hmm. like the old country picnics. And, and we'd sit around and, and all these old men would talk about how they hated the Turks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember listening and hearing these stories about the mm-hmm. Armenian genocide and all that stuff. And the food was so good. The mm-hmm. food was so good. What kind of food do they have in Armenia? It's, it's uh, a lot of cumin spice. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just what my family ate. I don't know what, if you go there now, I don't know. Yeah. But there's a lot of, uh, lot of beef. Mm-hmm. Um, there's raw beef that's kind of like a, it looks like a tuna salad, but it's just beef, mm-hmm. uh, like chopped up beef, like a tart. It's not really a tartare, but it kind of, I guess like it's like that. Like a tartare salad. I guess, sort of. Yeah. But they eat it just raw. I don't mm-hmm. eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of these, a lot of pasta uh, with meat, like a ravioli, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of grape leaves and rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I should know more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start feeling guilty. I'm Catholic, <laughs> I think my Catholic guilt's going to kick in. And I'm like, oh, I wish I knew how to speak the language. Oh. But uh, I wish it would be cool if we could take our kids back. Mm-hmm. These kids, they have it so easy these days. <laughs> you know, like you were telling me what you had for breakfast. Seedless watermelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then string beans. But you were telling me what you had for, for uh, breakfast. And when you said hash browns, I thought, oh, she didn't make hash browns. Uh, <laughs> she went to McDonald's and uh-huh. got that. I mean, who makes hash browns? It's, yeah, it's... Because it's... you got to grate them up. Mm-hmm. And then you got to put them... And then in a pan, yeah. Sometimes you got to squeeze them out and get them all like salted and yeah, ready, dry and ready to go. Yeah, so yeah. that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And when you told me, the, I don't want to talk about how it's very private, and personal, <laughs> but when you told me the, how you got the breakfast this morning, I mean that that uh that uh <laughs> that guy well, was really nice to, yeah. to, to do that for you. But now, like now. Now, you know, if my kids wanted hash browns, I would say, well, let's just go to McDonald's uh-huh. and get, or Bradman's across the street mm-hmm. and get hash browns. Yeah. So. Do you ever make like a big feast of a breakfast? Mm, for every day, every birthday, mm-hmm. the day of your birthday, mm-hmm. you get breakfast in bed. So whoever oh. it is. Mm-hmm. So the three-year-old just got it uh, August 6th last week. Hey, that's my best friend's birthday. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Mo, uh, Bo, rather, Beaufort just got, mm-hmm. he just got breakfast in bed. Um, mm-hmm. So we made eggs and sausage and toast mm-hmm. and put a rose on there. Oh. On this, we have this one thing. I don't know what you call that thing. The thing, the tray with the Yeah, pink. it's a tray with the legs. Yeah. yeah for the bed. Mm-hmm. We just have one We of had those. one of those, yeah. And it's special for yeah. birthdays. And everybody mm-hmm. gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But... Everybody should eat more breakfast. It's such, the, it's such it's the healthiest. It's great. I there was a while. It's the healthiest meal, right? Yeah, I think it helps you. They always say that if you eat a big breakfast and you have the energy to do everything you need for the rest of the day, and you're not as hungry, apparently. Right. I am bad about getting up and actually making myself breakfast because I'm not a morning person. There was a little while when I. Uh, I was just waking up at like five in the morning and I couldn't help it. I just would wake up at five in the morning and yeah. go, go for a long walk and then come back. And I was like, what am I going to do with all this time in the morning before I have to be anywhere? So I started every morning making myself a 
fluffy omelet with bacon and goat cheese and sprouts. That sounds good. It was great. Or like arugula or something. It was really good. It made not getting enough sleep feel kind of luxurious. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, how long would it take you to do that? An hour? No, no. It probably like half an hour for an omelet like that. Well, maybe a little longer to cook the bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I love bacon. It's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it's weird when you get down to, I don't know if weird's the right word, but <laughs> we're supposed to have breakfast. I enjoy a bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. I get my cornflakes mm-hmm. or corn checks, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we always got. We didn't get, mom didn't buy cornflakes. Or certainly not frosted flakes. <laughs> she always bought those checks, rice checks, corn checks. That's what my grandmother always had. I'm I mean, sure they were the cheapest. Yeah, Is that absolutely. Why? That's yeah, for sure yeah. why my grandmother had them. My mom didn't buy sodas. Uh-uh. My dad only the only cereal he ever bought was Life cereal. You, do you know Life cereal? It's like it's uh-uh. kind of like checks but flat. <laughs> I'm thinking Special it's K. Just real like weedy. It's but not that enjoy, exciting. I'll get corn checks and I'll put strawberries in it or blueberries. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the fresh berry is. And I'll get down on that. And then I'll put sugar in there. Megan gets mad that I add sugar. She's like, who adds sugar to, sugar, to cereal? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what in the heck, Megan? They make cereal <laughs> with sugar already on it. Mm-hmm. Frosted flakes. Yeah. If you get the plain checks, so you a put whole... sugar on it. Yeah. I, put, I always put sugar if I get checks or Rice Krispies. Oh, because Rice Krispies are just puffed yeah, rice. They don't yeah, have any sugar, yeah. so I put sugar on it. They probably make some frosted rice. Probably I mean, now they do. There's a whole do. industry of it. Yeah. I don't know why my wife thinks that <laughs> no one puts sugar on cereal. <laughs> but, uh, yes, honey, you're right. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. happy wife, happy life. I know that sounds offensive. Don't get mad. Don't look at me like that. I right? know. I'm not, I'm not mad. <laughs> but sometimes it can be true, y'all. Mm-hmm. So but, uh, yeah, I like I like the cereal. But think about this for a second. So say you have a big meal mm-hmm. like what you had this morning, and uh, you do that big meal. When are you supposed to have your lunch? What time was that? That was uh, I had nine. Been, no, that was at, it. Was at like seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but sometimes yeah, if I usually if I'm having a big breakfast, it'll be late in the morning, like it. At nine thirty, and then something. you go to then you have, what time do you have brunch? I mean, not brunch, lunch. lunch. Yeah, then Especially it'll. At noon. Yeah, then I won't. I wouldn't be hungry. Right? Who's gonna yeah. be hungry at noon? Well, I think that's the idea. Is that it makes you eat like a small snack lunch, but that's not no fun because a big uh-uh. lunch is fun too. Lunch is fun. Uh huh. I went to uh, IP three yesterday. Got a ciabatta. Ooh. You know what ciabatta is? Yeah, like the big bread with, yeah, the with stuff the, sprinkled yeah, on delicious. top. Delicious. Mm. I've never had one from there. What did? You, what was on your ciabatta? It was a uh, prosciutto, Ooh. mozzarella cheese. I mean, not not mo- fresh moths, mm-hmm. no, buffalo moths, mm-hmm. uh, basil, mm-hmm. olive oil, and balsamic. I think that was it. So it was kind of like one of those, and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like one of those things you get, one of those tomato snacks mm. on the sandwich. It was delicious. Yeah. That sounds real good. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, <laughs> lots to talk about. <laughs> So, uh, when you are cooking food for your sons, are they picky eaters? Oh, my God. It's hard not to take it personally. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I know my dad couldn't stand that I yeah. didn't, that I would be picky or pick around food yeah. and soup or something. 
And there's this thing now too. I don't know if y'all know about it, but there's like this control thing where do you want pasta? Like if you want pasta, mm-hmm. then I'm going to put pasta with red sauce. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, ah, I don't want red sauce. I don't want red sauce. It's like a control thing. Mm. So they just want, well, what do you want on it? Um, nothing. Well, let me put butter on it to give some flavor. Mm-hmm. Butter. Okay, butter. So it's, it's, it can be unhealthy in a way, I think, mm-hmm. where these kids say, oh, I don't want this, or mm-hmm. I just want this. Mm-hmm. So our first son, Monty, he was a big eater. Bo is a huge eater. The youngest is a huge <laughs> eater. Uh, Hudson, kind of, he's kind of finicky. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It is hard. It, it's yeah. uh, God, you bring that up as if you're like a... Like an insightful mother you know, that <laughs> well, already done, has been down that road. I've done some babysitting and camp counseling. I've had yeah, to deal with some picky children. Yeah, so, they can be picky. <laughs> and you, you make this. And then Megan, like we were, we went to uh, the farmhouse for dinner the other day, steaks the other day. Mm-hmm. And Megan got uh, Hudson a shrimp cocktail. He's, he's five. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. My mom is with us. That's why we went because mm-hmm. she grandma was in town. And Megan's mom too, Nana. They ended up eating all the shrimp. He's not going to eat this shrimp cocktail. Yeah. It was probably $8, $9. Anyway. Is there anything that they get really excited for you to make for them? Pizza. Pizza. They really like pizza. Mm-hmm. They uh, love corn dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, at the pool, uh, the pool where we go, it has a grill, and they like to get edamame. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ate it at first, but they've learned how to shoot them, oh. like squeeze it uh-huh. like a pimple, and a thing well, comes out. Well, if the watermelon doesn't have seeds, you have to have something to, sh- to some shoot. sort of projectile. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. You say that, <laughs> being such a bad seed spitter. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get the edamame, and and uh, yeah, it's so much fun mm-hmm. having kids. Mm-hmm. They say it gets harder. It's hard. They say it gets more difficult and more expensive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're going to do, you know? You mentioned earlier that you would make fancy lasagna to woo women. Did you make your oh wife gosh. fancy yeah, lasagna? Yeah, or what yeah, what yeah. kinds of things would you yeah. make her oh, to? With Megan. With Megan, I would make lasagna. Mm-hmm. And then, and then um, she really likes my carbonara. Mm-hmm. She really likes my carbonara. Mm-hmm. And I, I do it the way they make it in Rome. We honeymooned in Rome, in oh, Italy. Yeah. So uh-huh. uh, I do it the way they do it in Rome. In Italy, got different regions that have different types of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome is known for the carbonara. But uh, yeah, yeah, my carbonara is good. I haven't made it in a long time. I don't do recipes. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, I was asked to do a book on Southern cocktails three years ago, and they. Uh, my fear is the recipes part. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't, and even the staff, um, I'd say, here, let's make it with this, this, and this. Because mm-hmm. I feel like with recipes, you know, a robot could do that. Mm-hmm. But I want these guys to develop their palates mm-hmm. so that they can make good drinks. And, if the, and, you know, good is good. So if you, if we all make the drink as good as we can and it's balanced, it's going to taste pretty similar. So I like to teach them the flavors first and then let them put it together and again I've just said this but again I could hire I could employ robots back there and I don't want to do that and I want them to have the freedom to to explore I tell them it's like a like the bar it's like a painted canvas 
and, and I've got all the brushes and paint for them. Just go ahead and make it, which I like. I'm, I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so, uh, so I don't keep recipes. Yeah. So every time I'd make the carbonara, it'd come out differently. And <laughs> I haven't made it so long now, I probably couldn't even remember you know, the portion. Mm -hmm. There's different types of two different types of cheeses in there and the egg white. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's hard to make. It's hard to make. Mm -hmm. But it's good. <laughs> it's good. Do you it's have a favorite meal? A favorite meal. So my my dad makes um, these Korean short ribs, and Korean short ribs aren't cut individually. They're cut across the bone, yeah. so you get like three little discs of bone, and yeah. then a long strip of meat. And he'll marinate that and cook it out on the grill. Dang. And it's great. It's so good. Is it beef or is it pork? <laughs> it's beef. Yeah. Oh, I bet that is good. It's beef, and he'll usually cook. It's a, sort of a summertime thing since it grills out, so yeah. there's usually some corn or even better, butter beans and corn um, on the side with that. And that tastes like happiness and summer yeah. and home yeah. to me. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. probably if I ever like, I like butter beans go home too. and request a meal. That's that. The Korean short rib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we're not, cool. we're not Korean in the yeah. slightest, but he it's likes cool to really are. explore and, uh, and experiment with different things. These days, mm -hmm. these days our communities are there's there's so much of a influx of all different types of cultures. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's, good. it's fun to Vietnamese food other people's. Oh is yeah, very popular right now. Mm -hmm. I had this thing on Sunday. I guess it was rice noodles with Italian bolognese on top. It was good. Yeah, and then it had even it even had like an, an Asian pepper mm -hmm. to give it some some spice, mm -hmm. but it was literally. Bolognese sauce over rice noodles with some spice. It was good. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like to cook for Megan. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, but the kid, like you asked about the kids earlier, the kids say, "Oh, mommy's the best cook." Mm -hmm. What yeah. does she like? Something that you make? She, cooks, she does she? She cooks make everything about the recipe. Like? She'll get yeah. a book mm -hmm. and she'll cook it. I mean, she sticks to every every rule in mm -hmm. that recipe. Mm -hmm. And that's the way she cooks. You know Thomas Keller. Right. He talks about if you want to be a good chef, get a recipe. Follow the recipe. Mm -hmm. Eat the meal. Get a recipe. Same recipe. Do it again. Eat mm -hmm. the meal. Mm -hmm. But add some of your own ingredients that you would like. And then the third time, throw the recipe away and make the meal. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're a chef. Yeah. So to me... To me, I'm just, I'm not anti-recipe, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's just sort of Damocles for me. I can't, like when they asked me to do that book, mm -hmm. I was, I was, was literally, I had anxiety over, oh my God, what am I going to do about the recipes? What am I going to do about the recipes? And people ask, they, they, like, somebody might call a magazine, we want a Christmas, They'll, like six months ahead of time, we want a Christmas recipe for a cocktail. And I have to put something together. Um, because I don't have a, Bill Smith, somebody, I think it was Bill Smith, should have, I should have a card mm -hmm. and just use, like, three cards and just use those three mm -hmm. to get me through when people call. Because they when they call, they want whomever gives them the quickest reply, it's probably going to get in there. Right. And you want to get in the magazine because then it makes the bar popular. Yeah. When you're popular, so. you get all that money. <laughs> it all just rolls in. But you don't want to follow the recipe you want to. It's hard. I can't free, do it. Be free to, like, explore and express. Amy, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't know. 
I don't know which, which came first, you know, me not wanting to do recipes mm-hmm. or me not being able to do recipes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, but uh, I can't do it. And I still can't do it. Mm-hmm. And we went through this, we had this, we lost some staff, so we've had some turnover recently. So we've been training the new staff and we thought we need to have some recipes so everybody can get these drinks. And even then, when we were tasting the drinks and, you know, tested it all, they said, okay, Gary, is this, the, is this what you want to go with? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it could use a little bit more of this. Cause it just depends on the season. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the, on the, on the guest. Right. Um, it just depends. <laughs> Recipes. Anyway. Well, so your wife uses... What do you re- think about that? What do, well, I, I go back and forth. I, because sort of similarly, my mom is a recipe follower. My dad cannot follow a recipe it, he shuts down he loves to cook but he can't follow a recipe right um do they fight about that well they they're not married anymore oh, so. <laughs> so maybe, he doesn't have to maybe, fight maybe that's the reason he doesn't have to fight anymore about it um but i so i learned that because i would bake with my mom I learned with baking, it's really important to follow the Oh, recipe. you have to with baking. Yeah. Because it can it's, fail. The it's the chemistry rise. of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've made some mistakes trying to not right. follow. You can't some wing it. Terrible, terrible tasting cookies. Yeah. But uh, I do, and I, I usually start with the recipe and then just kind of loosely, I, I like recipes because they give me ideas and I don't cook enough to always know where to start. Yeah. But it's a nice thing to get me started and then I'll just mess around. And sometimes I mess around too much and I just create something that's not what it was meant to be, yeah. not as good as probably the recipe was. Sometimes you really accidentally make something great. Yeah. Um, and it's more fun. To, yeah, it's, it's more fun to just play around and see what, make it feel like something you've made and that's yours. For me, uh, you know, and I'm sure these Longfellow or all these different poets had articulate sayings like it's the it's the journey not the destination destination yeah 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 to me like I like touching the stove to see how hot it is (laughs) Uh like that's part of the the thrill of Mm -hmm. me so I like creating things Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah you sometimes you know you do you do come up with things accidentally Mm -hmm. Uh, just this place I'll tell you a funny story I think this is funny so Garden Gun Magazine, Jed Portman, contacted me about doing a Southern cocktail mm-hmm. for uh, an issue they were doing months ahead. And I said, you know, I was just thinking about Southern cocktails and what's Southern, and tobacco is Southern. This is, I'm having this conversation with mm-hmm. them, just like I'm talking to you. Uh-huh. Tobacco is Southern, but the only tobacco liqueur that's, that's made that we could get in America is from France, and they use the tobacco from um, Louisiana. And I had ordered a bottle because I was thinking about the southern cocktail stuff. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll make a tobacco cocktail. And it didn't taste like, it doesn't taste like tobacco at all. It's very sweet and it has a subtle, in the back end, it has a subtle tobacco flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, a dried, leafy flavor. And I didn't like it. So I was talking to Jed. I said, you know, I think I'm going to try to make my own tobacco liqueur. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how it goes. And again, this is me. I touch in the stove. <laughs> yeah. So... He, we get in touch like a, a week later. So what I do is I, I get some bourbon. It's, bur- it's going to be bourbon-based. And then I just go get some pipe tobacco. And I infuse it. I put the t- pipe tobacco in the, in the bourbon. And mm-hmm. I seal it up in a mason jar. And I let it sit. Mm-hmm. 
just infusion like you would any other kind of infusion mm-hmm. for spirits. And uh, I would taste it every now and then. It smells, I still have some, I can <laughs> give you some in the office. It smells beautiful, mm-hmm. it smells wonderful. But when you taste it, it is harsh. <laughs> now, I don't smoke cigarettes uh-huh. or pipes or anything. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a non-smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but uh, but, but I'm not. Don't think I'm an angel. I've done a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> so so I'm a non-smoker, right? So I don't yeah. know the effects of that mm-hmm. of the uh, nicotine or whatever you get THC right. or whatever it is from the from the uh, cigarette smoke. So so uh, I taste this liquor, and it is harsh. I mean, really harsh. And then I'll taste it again. I'll try to make a drink. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, shit, I'm dizzy. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have to stop. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even occur to me that the dizziness is coming from the, from the tobacco uh, bourbon infusion that I've just done. I'm just thinking, well, maybe I didn't have uh, breakfast, didn't right. have lunch. Maybe I had too many beers that night, mm-hmm. night before, whatever. So, Jed, hey, how's the, how's the recipe coming? Jed, I don't have anything yet, man. This thing, I can only get a couple drinks going at a time to get the the right mixture. Give me another week. So then I'm starting to work harder. And then I realize, holy smokes, it is this liqueur that I'm making Mm -hmm. um, that's so hard to, that's making me dizzy. But I got to finish this thing because I want to be in Garden and Gun. You know, (laughs) Garden and Gun's a big deal. Yeah. And Jed, I don't want to let Jed down. If I I get him something cool, he'll maybe use me again. Yay. (laughs) Um, But I can't do it. I can't do it. It's so dang strong. So this guy used to come in. He doesn't come in anymore. He must have gotten married. Uh, a lot of people come in when they're single. <laughs> right. But he doesn't come in. Or maybe he's dating or something. But uh, he doesn't come in anymore. And he took a bit of it to his lab. Mm-hmm. He, and wait, I, why, what kind of lab? Well, his UNC. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's like a chemist. Mm-hmm. So he took his... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, y'all don't know. We're in Chapel Hill. The university's right across the street. Right. And a lot of the professors come in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, so he took it in his lab and he tested it. So he comes back. He's like, Gary, he said, be glad you didn't drink a lot of this. He said, uh, when you taste like a quarter ounce of this, it's, it's, I'm roughing it. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. guesstimating or whatever. A quarter ounce of this is going to be like smoking 2,000 cigarettes at once. What? Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh yeah, God. yeah. So that's why, you know, it's like I don't smoke, <laughs> yeah. but I remember, oh, my God, 2,000 cigarettes. Amy. <laughs> What in the hell? That, yeah. I mean, that's got to be... That's an extreme amount of cigarettes. That's got to be the size of that box, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So uh, I still have it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to try. Uh-uh. And then I start researching, you know, like tobacco and, and cocktails. Mm-hmm. And some people that had gone down this road before ahead of me and, and reported on it said, just don't mess with it. But, well, did you figure out a recipe to give to Garden uh-uh, again? Uh-uh. No. I missed the boat on that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, I'm sorry. And Jed doesn't call anymore. So, Jed, oh. call if you hear this. <laughs> yeah. yeah Make something call. else. He quit calling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, who knew? Yeah. Who knew? That's, that's, that's crazy. The nicotine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a lot of people probably know that. <laughs> I, don't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have guessed that that's what it would do in... If, y'all, if I had that jar right now and opened it, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd say, you'd smell it and go, oh my God, this is delightful. <laughs> yeah. You know, it smells like it should be poured over like a cooked ham or something. Mm-hmm. But when you taste it, <laughs> buckle up. Because it's going to make you fall down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so 
you don't use recipes and your wife does and your yeah. kids are kind of picky. But if, you, if you're not worrying about any of that, if you have a night totally to yourself, what do you eat? I like, I really like red wine and a steak. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good dinner. I really like red wine and a steak. And I, I uh, now that I'm older, I'm starting to eat a lot of the potato more. I don't put all the stuff on the potato. Mm-hmm. I just put the butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan likes sour cream and bacos and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, cheese and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just like the baked potato normal with a crunchy, with a crunchy uh, skin. Mm-hmm. So you take the foil off. You, know, you cook it with the foil on, then you take the foil off and let the skin get a little crunchy. crunchy. And, uh, and then a medium rare um, ribeye. Mm-hmm. I really like a ribeye because I like the marble, the grease, and all that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like a nice steak. Mm-hmm. I like a nice steak. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel when I want to, if I, if I get sad or depressed, I can get, my moods can change. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I want to, get something that reminds me of home mm-hmm. and uh, country fried steak and white gravy over rice. I like that a lot. Yeah. It, it reminds me of home. Um, and Bradman's has a good one across the street. But uh, yeah, good steak. Food is good. Food is definitely the base. And as you know, um, it brings people together. I know when Megan's grandma passed, we went to her church. The food was, damn, the food was so good. Mm-hmm. The green bean casserole, she was from Indiana. So there were a lot of casseroles. Green bean casserole so good up there in Indiana. But food's cool. Yeah, food's, I think, the best way to celebrate or comfort yourself. It's yeah. for good or bad. It's the best yeah. thing to do. Yeah. For, for me... Being a big guy, I'm, I'm heavy, I'm, I'm obese. Mm-hmm. It can, food can be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the Bible talks about moderation. Anything <laughs> in moderation. Gold just mean. unfortunately, mm-hmm. I haven't been very moderate with what I put in my mouth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, food is good. So go out and eat, everybody out there. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful. Uh, one last question. Yeah, Amy, I've enjoyed talking with you. I've really enjoyed talking well, with you, Gary. Thank you so much. I hope you said on top. Oh, it's all right. I think I, I liked everywhere we went. All right. One um, last question. One last question. Do you have a favorite toast? Oh, a toast. Mm-hmm. We were at this thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Christian, uh, this isn't my favorite toast. But I lost Christian, uh, one of my old bartenders. He's been here five years. And Nat, he's been here eight years. Christian uh, got married. Mm-hmm. Christian and Courtney got married at the bar. Uh-huh. And it was such an honor, a, a true honor to have that, a true honor. Like mm-hmm. that word gets thrown around a lot. But it was an honor to have them here mm-hmm. for the bar. And um, Nat left too. Nat, so Christian went to get married. Now he's up at Jack Rose in D.C. bartending. And Nat went back to his family's farm, and he's going to get married to Sophie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he told me he was going to propose, so hopefully before this gets out. <laughs> <laughs> before this gets out, the... Uh, It'll, that'll be done, yeah. but uh, but the beans. I'm not going to tell you how he's going to do it. But it's very clever. It's okay. Very clever how he's going to do it. Um, so at Christian's rehearsal dinner, mm-hmm. Nat, we were all drinking and having fun, and it was, it was it was these guys are friends. I mean, they work for me or with me, but they're really really good friends. Nat is Nat's my buddy, and I, I love him. And, and Christian is is uh, he's my buddy, and I love him too. And 
we were all, it was, you know, it was kind of sad. So Nat got it. And Nat's, when Nat drinks, uh, he gets really funny. He's not as funny when he's sober. But when he's drinking, he is funny. So his toast was, and just bear with me, it's very simple. But uh, he said, like, he stood up and said, I have a toast. He said, raise them, clank them, and drink them. And I thought that was a nice toast. Uh-huh. I thought that was a nice toast. Yeah. I don't know. No, I like it. And I liked it. I laughed. I, like I it laughed a lot. my ass off when yeah. he said it. What? Raise them, clank them, yeah. drink them. Drink them. Raise yeah. them, clank them, drink them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming thanks. on the podcast, thank Gary. You. This thank has been you. a pleasure. Good luck with all of this. And thanks for having me. Butter is produced by Ashley Melzer and me, Amy Allen. To learn more about our guest and about us, visit clarifiedbuttershow.com or keep the conversation going on Twitter and Instagram at clarifiedb. And by all means, don't forget to hit subscribe. Until next time, eat what you like and say thank you. <laughs>